Welcome to your favorite podcast, Cosmic Queen. Get ready to discover soulful selling and marketing strategies. Learn how to stop overthinking everything by reprogramming your subconscious mind. And finally, level up your business, your income, and your success. Yes, girl, it is all happening right now. So grab your earbuds, light up your manifestation candle. It is time to hack the quantum field, create success that defies logic, and let out your inner alpha. Let's go ahead and get started. Okay, today we are going back to the roots of this podcast. And we're talking about, I'm going to say it again. I feel like Chris Harrison. I'm like the Chris Harrison of podcasts. Oh, he's always like, this is the most dramatic season yet. I'm like, this is my favorite topic yet. But you guys, this really is because today we're going to be talking about happiness, which is one of my first podcast episodes were, and it's probably my favorite topic to talk about. I remember when I was in eighth grade and I was graduating eighth grade and we had to write like what we want to be when we grew up. I was like happy. I think if you are happy and you are happy with your life and you are happy with who you are and with yourself, you are ahead of 99% of the population. Today, I'm going to be sharing a little bit of a perspective that I have gleaned on happiness. And I spent time in a world that is not known for its happiness. Lawyers, law, it is not a career that is known for having happy people. I actually was lucky to be at FSU, Florida State, and one of my professors was actually one of the leading experts on lawyers and happiness, Professor Krieger. So he did a bunch of research on why are lawyers unhappy? How can we make them happier? How can we help so that there are not these issues like substance abuse and so much mental illness in our career? And it was really, really fascinating and something that was always on my mind. And now I am so lucky. I was thinking about it yesterday. I work with some of the happiest people that I've ever met. And some of my clients are so happy. And I myself am so happy. It's so fun and it's such a different energy to work with people who are actually very happy with their lives and are seeking from a place of already knowing that they are enough and wanting to improve and wanting more because it's actually really fun to expand and continue growing versus people that are still living in this place of chasing achievements in order to finally reach a point where they are happy with themselves and their lives. And so I'm going to break down four of the things that I've noticed that actually help people become happier people. So these are kind of skills that I've noticed. And I say skills because these are things that you can learn. Your rates of happiness are actually not as cemented as we were raised to believe. We were taught that it's all about your brain and all about your brain chemistry. And now we're finding that there's so many different layers to that that your brain provides feedback to your body and that your body also provides feedback to your brain. That the more negative energy and trauma that is stored in your body, the more unhappy you are. That your brain responds to your body signals, that your brain responds to your heart. All of these things. That it's not as simple as some people are just unhappy and some people will be happy and that's that. I'm one of the unhappy people. Neuroplasticity is a thing, a very, very real thing. And any thought that we have, any way that our brain functions, it can change. Our brain is incredibly resilient and incredibly adaptable. So all of these things, they're skills that some people were maybe fortunate to learn as children. 
They are skills that were maybe fostered better in some than in others. They are skills that maybe come more naturally easily to some people. But it doesn't mean anything about your ability to be happy. And I think that these are a little bit non-traditional, right? Because when we talk about happiness, people will always tell you, follow your passion, exercise and eat right, sleep better. All of these things are very, very important, of course. But those are the ones that we're going to focus on today. I'm going to start with one of the biggest ones that I see. First, happy people choose themselves. Happy people choose themselves. And when I say this, this is a phrase, choosing yourself, that is loaded in layers of selfishness. With that undercurrent of selfishness, it's so selfish to choose yourself at the expense of others. And it's especially loaded when you're mom. And choosing yourself is the implication that it's at the expense of your kids or at the expense of your partner or at the expense of the other people around you. And that's just not the case because I really want you to see that choosing yourself is actually the most selfless thing that you can do. That when you are happy from a quantum level, when your heart expands with happiness, when your body is radiating happiness, when your energy is happy, It's a higher frequency. It's a different energy than the energy of sadness, of regret, of shame, of guilt. And what happens is that energy gets sent out into the world. That energy impacts the people that you meet. Energy is very, very real. It impacts the people in your life. When you are happy, the people around you are happier as well. When you are happy, your kids are happier, your partner's happier. And so much of that is because of the behaviors that are going on in your house because of the way that you respond to things, et cetera, et cetera. But when you're happy from a quantum level, you are actually changing the world and you're actually transforming the world. When you choose yourself and you choose to allow yourself to be happy, as selfish as it might feel at the beginning, because we're taught that there's so much value in martyrdom, that there's so much value in sacrifice, that the more miserable we are, the happier the people around us are. And that's just not true. What happens from an actual energetic standpoint is that when we are transmitting negative energy, it actually hurts everybody around us. So to encourage you to really see this differently from an energetic, from a scientific perspective, and every single time that you think a positive thought from a quantum perspective, every time that you think a positive thought, that you emit a positive vibration, it raises the vibration of the world and of the planet a little bit more. So it's actually not selfish. I think that there's such a rhetoric now. If you're happy, then you're not paying attention. If you're not mad, you're not paying attention. And I'm all for awareness. I am all for changing the world, for activism, for advocacy, but not at the expense of you and not at the expense of your own happiness. We do not fight dark with dark. We fight dark with light. And by also leaning into the dark and loving it and helping it feel seen and supported, but not at the expense of us and our light. So when it comes to choosing yourself, there are two different ways of doing it, and neither one is wrong. I think in the first case, you should always try to do it from a loving place. So we think of boundaries and we think of closing off, and we think of closing off our heart and closing off our energy. And it actually doesn't have to be like that at all, because choosing yourself is actually a worthiness thing. And when you believe that you are worthy of choosing yourself, you do not need to cut people off because what other people believe does not affect you because you know that you are worthy of being happy and you know that you are worthy of being loved and you know that your worth is not conditional on the responses of the people around you. 
that is hard to do. That is very hard to do. And I will say that sometimes it is even impossible to do. But I would suggest trying to start there because for the rest of your life, if you can maintain loving boundaries and set boundaries from a place of self-worth and not reaction, it is going to be so, so beautiful for you. And it is going to help you be so much happier. Now, the other way of doing it is by setting those boundaries, those hard boundaries, by actually closing off our energy to other people, by not associating with people that are going to make us feel a certain way or associating with people who are stuck in a certain pattern, who don't want to see differently. And that can be really, really hard. But if that's a choice that you have to make in order to choose yourself, then sometimes you have to do it. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I see a lot of people feeling a lot of guilt around that. And I encourage you, don't. We don't want to go closing our heart and cutting people off left and right because that's not helpful for us. But we also don't want people in our lives who are not the best people for us. So how can you do this? How can you maintain loving boundaries? How can you set loving boundaries? One of the biggest things is letting go of the belief that you not choosing yourself is serving anybody. So letting go of the belief that when you don't choose yourself, that means that there's more room for love for other people. And this is ingrained in our belief system from when we're kids, from when we're kids and we're siblings and it feels like everybody's competing for their parents' love. And it's like, well, when I don't attract too much attention, then there's more for my siblings. I see it a lot with very, very big hearted women. And it doesn't actually work like that. Love is not a zero-sum kind of thing. There's more than enough to go around. So it's about believing that and coming from that place. When I have the best, that means that you too can have the best for you. And not letting that competitive nature to come in. Choosing you doesn't mean that you have to win. Choosing yourself doesn't mean that you have to be the best. That is confusing something for having loving boundaries. Loving boundaries means that you love yourself so completely that there's only love left for everybody around you too. And that to me is the most beautiful place that you can be. When you can operate from that place, you have no choice but to feel so much love for everyone and just to radiate joy, right? And I think some of us have been able to touch that. It can be hard, right? Being a human and maintaining that. But truly, opening up our heart to love, starting with ourselves, is always the key, truly, the foundation to true and lasting happiness. The second personality trait that I notice with people who are very, very happy is adaptability. Just accepting that the only constant in life is change, that things are not going to go according to plan, that it doesn't mean anything about you. When you can come to that place, it is magic. And that place requires a lot of trust. Because what keeps us stuck in this space of control is that we don't trust, that we don't trust ourselves to be able to respond favorably to change, that we don't trust other people to respond favorably to change, that we don't trust situations to change favorably for us. And so we're always expecting the worst and always planning for the worst. And that's one of the most detrimental things that we're taught is that that behavior is super helpful because it's actually not at all worrying, planning for the worst, those are not super helpful traits, but we're taught to believe that they really, really are, that that's the best thing that you can do is be the person who's always prepared for the worst and it's just not true. So adaptability is one of the other big ones. The second trait that I really noticed with people that are happy, they are okay 
when things do not go well. They are okay when things come along and mess up their plans. They are okay with who their kids become. They're okay with what their partner becomes. They're okay with what their parents do and who their parents are. They're okay with all of these things. And it takes a high level of emotional intelligence. And it also takes a high level of self-worth. Because what usually happens and what usually keeps us so rigid is the fear that things not working out is going to mean something about us, which ultimately, at the end of the day, is a self-trust wound and also a self-worth wound. It's us believing that at any moment, something is going to come and prove to us that things are not meant for us, that we're not actually the person that we think that we are, that things aren't going to work out for us, that we're going to be unhappy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So when we can hold the belief that we are worthy of all the good things, that things are always working out for us, that we can trust ourselves no matter what, that we are incredible, that we will always choose to show up for ourselves, that is where you really step into new levels of true adaptability, where really you can roll with the punches, where plan B to plan Z, it does not matter. And this leads me perfectly into the third one, which is internal motivation. Happy people have excellent internal motivation. They are doing things for the right reasons. And the right reason is that they know that they are worthy of having the happiest and best and most joyful and expansive experience for themselves because they are worth it, period. Not because of anything that they do, because they want it, because they like it, because they enjoy it, because they don't get in their head about what they deserve and what they're worthy of, because they know that at the end of the day, it's all kind of bullshit. And that the only thing that matters is that you're a good person. You are a beautiful human, a divine being. That is your birthright. Everything that you desire is available to you. You are worthy of it all. And when you can really realize that and embody that, it becomes easy to be internally motivated. We stop being motivated by things like money. We stop being motivated by the approval of others. We stop being motivated by anger and proving something, which is something that fuels a lot of progress and a lot of expansion until a certain point when it just stops serving us. And so going back to that first one, this is really where you reach that state where you are doing things from a place of love, where you are doing things, love for yourself, love for others, love for the planet, where you are just motivated by the belief that even if none of it actually happened for you, you would still do it this way anyway. And that's something that I always tell my clients when they're selling something, when they have a launch, I say, keep digging, keep digging through your resistance until you get to the core truth that you would do this no matter what that this is what makes you happy, that this is what brings you joy. Because when you are achieving from that place, your success is truly inevitable. There is no success like the success that is for the greater good. And everything that we do from this place of internal motivation, of self-starting, of honoring our true desires, honoring our heart, coming from a place of love, it's a huge act of service to the planet and to humanity. And then number four, my fourth thing is kind of an interesting thing. And it's something that I've really noticed, A, for myself. And one of my coaches had told me this. She said, the reason why you're so successful and the reason why you're so happy is because you make decisions. You're a decisive person and you make decisions. And I'm actually a little bit indecisive. Like I will sit on some decisions for a very, very long time. I will ask opinions. 
But at the end of the day, I am so cognizant of my own energy and I'm so cognizant of what I expend, of the energy that I expend not making a decision. I'm so aware of how taxing it is to be stuck in analysis paralysis, how exhausting it is to not make a decision. And I'm aware of it because I've experienced it so much in my life. So this has been one of the biggest and best things that I have learned for myself and that has really affected my happiness at the deepest level, I think, is learning how to close what I consider energetic loops. So anytime that I open up an energetic loop, I want to close it. Anytime that I have to make a decision, I want to close that energetic loop. It's so taxing to have things dragging on. So people that are happier, they close energetic loops. They leave situations that are bad for them. They do not stay in relationships that are draining their energy. They do not self-sabotage when things get hard or challenging. They do the hard thing and they close the loop first. And that's a really, really, really big one because it's hard. It's hard if you're not coming from a place of self-worth, if you are second-guessing yourself and your worthiness, if you are people-pleasing, if you are feeling bad about choosing yourself, then it's really, really hard to get to this point where you can do this, where you can leave the things that are no longer for you, where you can leave the relationships from a loving place, just saying, this doesn't serve me anymore, and walking away, versus letting it spiral into something unhappy or staying somewhere where that energy is leaking, where you can walk away from situations that are impacting your happiness and choose yourself. I was stuck on one particular decision recently and I was talking to my dad about it. And I was telling him, I think I'm leaning towards doing this. And I always feel the need to explain myself. It's like a conditioning thing, right? Like I want people to approve of my decision. So I want to give you all the reasons for why I have this decision. And I want to know that you're in agreement with me. And that never works, right? So anyways, I was walking through. I was like, well, there's this and there's that and there's this. And finally, I stopped and I said, you know what? It doesn't feel good. And that's the only thing that I need to know. And that is the only reason that I need to make this decision. It doesn't feel good. And so I say no. And he was like, yeah, that's exactly it. When something does not feel good, it does not make any sense to keep wasting your energy on it, to keep forcing yourself to feel differently about it. And I don't mean this to give you free reign to like abandon everything, right? Anything that is not serving you or that doesn't feel good. You know the kind of good that I'm talking about. I'm not talking about like, oh, this feels so easy and so magical and exciting, which, okay, yes. But no, I'm talking about in your gut, every time that you do this thing, it is a betrayal of your own self-trust. You're wounding yourself every time that you stay in this space. And we do it all the time. We do it with in our businesses. We do it with offers that we have, that we outgrew. We do it with our marketing. We do it with everything. So many different things. And we do it in our lives for sure. And so the more that you can unload your emotions, the more that you can give yourself closure, right? And realize closure is not dependent on other people, that you can close these loops for yourself, that you can give yourself closure on chapters of your life, that you can give yourself closure on situations in your life. And this is a really huge one. For some people, it's easier than others. Some people want to stay in a space where they keep an energetic loop open, a pattern from their lives, something that they experienced, a childhood wound, and the more that we can actually just close that energetic loop, and it doesn't mean that it doesn't bother you anymore. 
It doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt anymore. It doesn't mean that now you are magically healed. It does not mean that. It just means that you make the very, very loving decision to not expend energy thinking about it, worrying about it, reliving it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The happier you will be because it frees up space and it allows you to evolve and it allows you to adapt. It builds your adaptability. You are not adaptable if you are not moving on. You are not adaptable if you are not creating a new. Those are the four things that I really, really, really noticed. The first one, the ability to choose yourself. The second, adaptability. The third, high internal motivation. And the fourth, being that energy loop management, energy management and emotional unloading. Those I think are the four biggest. And very few people talk about happiness on this deep of a level and really understanding, right, the role that trauma, the role that conditioning, the role that all of these things play into it and why it makes such a big difference when we choose to heal and when we choose to move on. So if you liked this, my Black Friday offer is my Divine Feminine Bundle. And I actually was not even planning on mentioning it today, but now I'm like, wait a second. If you actually want to do this work, right, and actually achieve true happiness, it's going to be incredible for you because there's a higher heart alignment meditation. There's a fantastic crystal activation to really, really get in there on an energetic level and really build that worthiness, really, at the end of the day. There is an amazing self-trust, divine feminine RTT recording in there. And it's really going to be something that will help you build true and lasting happiness because it's going to come from a place of self-worth. And at the end of the day, that's what matters, right? When you know that you're good enough and you actually really feel it and you know that you're worthy and you don't second guess that, the happiness that you can unlock is so magical and incredible. If you loved this episode, I guarantee you are going to love hanging out with me. So come over to my Facebook group, Ready for More, Change Your Thoughts, Transform Your Life, and let's keep this party going.